The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the officially unofficial podcast presented by Blue Wire Networks. We're joined by a very longtime friend of the show, writer of the Washington Post, Chelsea James. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. And I have one quality that I recommend to change for you. So your Twitter bio says national baseball reporter. I think it has to be switched because Canada, like, are you biased towards Canada? Because it's you're not including Canada in your bio. It says national. I think you have to switch to international. Care to comment on that? That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it. I didn't realize I was doing that. Uh, yeah, I got to rethink that. That's that's really good. I You're think right. you got to switch it. You got to be international baseball reporter for the Washington Post. That's what it has to be. But let's go right into it. Obviously, you mentioning Toronto. I'm on an all-time high right now. The Toronto Blue Jays are all the way. I'm not going to say the B word because people get mad when I say the B word. But they're buzzing right now. They're on the loose. You want to be in Toronto. You mentioned you coming to Toronto. How does that work out? Like if they make the wild card and they're hosting, you have to be here. How does that work? We'll see. I'm kind of going to see what the wild card series are and like what, where they want me to go. Those, some of those decisions are above me uh, at the post. Um, but I would hope to get to go to Toronto at some point. This, I mean, of all those cities, that's a pretty cool one with like great vibes, obviously. So I, I would love to get to go up there. Uh, definitely like a, a CS or, or obviously the world series. So they just got to hang around and then I'll definitely make it. Yeah. It's listen, I mean, it's lined up and I think it's going to be like, I did the math. The Jays have to play 500 baseball the rest of the uh, season to get clinched first in the wild card. If they play 500, I mean, the Mariners have to go like nine and one. Cause they, they've, I don't know what the Mariners are doing. And then the Rays have to go like six and two or six and three to get home field. So it's it, the, listen, I'm a gambling guy. The odds are in the blue Jays favor right now to get that home field advantage. But what do you think? Like, because this team, obviously, you're not, a, you don't watch as much of them as I do. It's the most roller coaster team I've ever seen in my life. They get swept by the Angels at home, and then they beat the Yankees three or four in Yankee Stadium, sweeping Fenway. Do you see like how frustrating this team must be for us fans? Oh, for sure. I mean, there was a point this year where I thought, I mean, no offense, I, I thought, you know, maybe they were one of the biggest underachievers of the year, and they've obviously played their way back into like being completely fine, but. But yeah, I mean, they they just strike me as still young. I mean, I know they're not that young, but like that core is pretty young. And with the manager switch and stuff, I don't know. They, the vibes are good, but when they're bad, they're bad. So I, you know, I think they're one of those teams that could uh, 
if they catch fire at the right time, everybody should look out. Like Bo Bichette is a guy now, and you know they're they're real, but it's they're one of those teams that seems to like get in their head a little bit. Yeah, and and complete. This is completely off topic here, and this is just me, my brain just scrambling. So you are obviously a national baseball writer, and so is Bob Nightingale. I I need you to start holding people accountable because he wrote an article a couple days ago about Ben Verlander that made me projectile vomit inside of my mouth. I don't know if you've seen it. He was saying Ben Verlander f- knows what it feels like to be Michael Jackson in Japan because kids were crying when they saw Ben Verlander. He was saying Ben Verlander's like the in-between of Otani and the people of Japan. Ben Verlander's the middleman. It is one of the craziest articles I've ever seen in my life. It was absurd. At what point, like, have you ever written an article when you click send you're like, this is cringy. I, I don't like this, but I had to do it. Like, have you had that moment? I try to avoid it. Not really. Not really. Yeah, I, I saw that one. I think, yeah, I maybe my sense of cringe is a little different. But, you know, both of those people that you mentioned, Bob Nightingale and Ben Verlander, have been very nice to me. But that one was a... <laughs> it was a quite, I'm not taking I, shots at them. Even though Verlander <laughs> takes shots at me all the time, saying I'm an idiot because I said Manoa's better than Pablo Lopez, which is... Not even a crazy take, like it's just fact. No. But um, it's a crazy article. Did, like it's a crazy article. Did you yeah. like do do big J's like you? Like do you guys see that article and you're like, whoa! Like because obviously Bob's a great writer and he does a great job with baseball. But every once in a while, there's some stuff that comes out. It's like, whoa, dude! Like was did this have to get written? How like how does that even happen? By the way, how do you write an article about a baseball host of a pod? Like it's crazy, right? Yeah, I I don't know. That's not something like I don't you know, we have a sports media writer, so like, I don't have to kind of worry about that, thankfully. But yeah, I, there's definitely some conversation of some of the quotes and stuff where you're like, whoa, okay, did we maybe not think <laughs> Michael Jackson and, of Japan. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's Ben Verlander's made a name for himself in, in all this. So that's great. But yeah, that one was, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone involved wishes that it'd come off a little bit differently <laughs> than it did. <laughs> it's a crazy article, man. Yeah. It really is. It's like, there's some aspects of the game where it's like, all right, like this is why, like this isn't going to appeal to the younger audience. And you can kind of tell, like, this is why Twitter is the greatest app of all time is when everyone can like agree to something. And all of the replies were like, dude, like you really had to release this or like just kind of roasting him and stuff like that. It was a ton of ratios, but it was a crazy article, but kick it into like, obviously going back to baseball talk here. Is it crazy for me to say the New York Yankees? I'm listening. We biased are a very fraud baseball team. I think they're absolutely <laughs> fraudulent. I Listen, I, I don't think they're as good as people like have them high in the power rankings. I think that lineup and having Josh Donaldson in the five hole, by the way, is just yikes. But I think they're one of the biggest pretenders in baseball. Maybe you can talk me out of it. Maybe give me another team, but I think it's them. No, I, I think they're a lot different than they were in the first half. I don't, you know, I don't know if they're fraudulent or they just like are too injured to be real right now. Like if you got Ben Intendi back, if you got uh Carpenter back hitting, you know, like 50 million home runs, like he was, then, then like all of a sudden I start to sort of think about it a little more, but yeah, I mean, as constructed that those lineups are not good. They're lucky they are where they are. I mean, there was a time where it kind of looked like they'd completely, you know, hand the division off. So yeah, I think, I think they have a lot of, a lot of issues. They've got a lot of injuries. They're kind of creaky, like they're old. You don't know what's going to happen. So I, I do think they're like probably the most precarious team that's going to get a buy for sure. And another team that's kind of looked upon as like fraudulent, which a team, another beat the Dodgers last night, the Padres. That's another team I could just never get a read on because 
Juan Soto and Josh Hader look like they forget how to play baseball at certain points. And then next thing you know, like they're beating the, they're walking it off against the Dodgers. Like, I don't understand that team. Do you think that team could, has what it takes, like, could go far in the playoffs? I, I think it's like they, I think they can get out of the first round, but it looks like they're going to be facing uh, the Mets or the Braves if it stands right now. Yeah, that's a tough series for them. I, I mean, that that team just makes no sense to me. Like they don't they don't add up to what they should be if you look at the names on that roster, and that's been true for like years. And I think if you they'll feel lucky to get in the playoffs this year because obviously it's been kind of a disappointing season for them. But I feel like if they could get past the first round, if they could somehow beat the Mets or Braves, then like maybe they remember how to play baseball and the pressure's off and it, you know they can catch fire because like the talent's there but I've never really understood and, and we're now two managers into this like why those parts don't come together and work because there's you know on paper they always look so good and their pitching staff's fine and everything's good and and they just kind of don't have it so yeah I I think they're they're gonna have a tougher series whoever it is and uh, especially if it's the Mets I mean DeGrom and Scherzer in the first round you know that's that's tough so um yeah, we'll see. But that's a team that I don't know. I, I think I've probably dismissed maybe more than I should. But like, I don't know. We'll see what happens if they can get past that wild card round. Who is your who is your dark horse right now in the in, in the playoffs in both divisions, whoever? Who's your one team where it's like this team's kind of getting slept on and could go very far? I'm going to say the St. Louis Cardinals. Like yep. literally no one is talking about them. They have Goldschmidt, Arenado. They have Heasley out of the bullpen or I don't know if Helsley who throws 103. I think yeah. the Cardinals are an absolute wagon. Like, I think they're going to go decently yeah. far in the playoffs. hundred percent. I I completely agree. That's, that's been my answer the last few weeks. And I, I went and saw them like a week or so ago. And I just like looked around the clubhouse and like, you have Pujols, Molina and Wainwright who've all been there. You have that Arenado and Goldschmidt are two of the best players in baseball this year. And then every single one of their young players can run play defense and like give you a pesky AB. Like they're a nightmare if you play a team that's kind of like slower or whatever, like, and their pitching staff is fine. The starters are fine. They, they, people put the ball in play, but their defense can handle it. And their bullpen is, is pretty lit if everyone's healthy. So yeah, I think that team is built really, really well and could surprise a lot of people who knows if anyone can get past the Dodgers at this point, but if, if anyone can, I think, you know, I'd love to see like a Dodgers Cardinals series. Cause I think it would surprise a lot of people. I think this is the first time the Dodgers have showed like a ton of flaws in their team. Like Craig Kimbrell, dude, like this guy, if you are a gambling man and you bet on the Dodgers and this dude comes in, just throw away your bets. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but do you think he will be the closer come playoff time still? Cause Dave Roberts is still holding on to that role of him being like the closer guy, the late inning guy. And he blows it every single time. Like when do you like who, if he's not the closer for you, who do you think is going to be the closer? That's a good question. I don't think it'll be him. You know, Dave Roberts is like very conscious of his image and kind of doing things the right way. So I think, you know, for now they want to like make really, really sure that if they take Craig Kimbrell out of that spot, he deserves to not be in that spot. You and I probably would think that that has already happened, but uh, yeah, that, that team is weird too, because you know, their pitching staff doesn't have any of the brand names you're used to seeing. I mean, Kershaw's going to be okay, but it, it's like a totally different pitching staff. They've still been really good this year, but what happens in October? I mean, if that, if Tyler white and, and Tony Gonsolin are lights out in October, like everyone else should just quit because the Dodgers have something going there that, that no one else can, can emulate. Like if they're churning out pitchers that, that quickly and 
you know, if they can lose Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer and everybody like that from last year and, and be fine, that's, that's unfair. So uh, I don't know. We'll see how they hold up, but that bullpen looks weird. I mean, Trinan's out. Um, everybody's just, it's, it's a bunch of names that weren't even sort of on the radar this time last year. So I don't know who's going to close, but I think that's when you look at the Dodgers, like if you, you can get to them and you just have to make sure they don't score too much early. Yeah, exactly. And another question revolving around the Dodgers why did the Toronto Blue Jays pl- tra- uh, trade for Mitch White? Why, like, you know that trade I'm talking about. He might be, I mean, his ERA is like 11 with the Jays, so I get get to experience it. But when every time you see a Dodgers trade like that, are you in your mind like this is a fleecing? Because I don't know if you know who Nick Frosso is, but he's a prospect in the Jays system, throws like 100. He was traded for Mitch White, which is like, I don't understand why that even made sense, but like when you saw that trade come across the board, were you just like, what are they doing here? Like, cause if a guy parts ways with the Dodgers and the Dodgers don't want them, there's clearly something wrong with them because they hold on to a lot of their guys. Yeah. It's kind of like the race, right? Like if you are trading with the Rays, you're probably getting beaten in that trade. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with the depth the Dodgers had this year or like didn't have in their rotation to, to sort of part with somebody like that. It's, it's pretty weird. I mean, they're, they're like generally really comfortable parting with guys who other teams wouldn't be maybe one or two win guys and they'll hold on to to the big guys but yeah I that was a weird trade for you know to see the Dodgers sending pitching away and it's not like they need prospects not like they're desperate to like restock their system they're loaded so yeah that's a weird deal and obviously hasn't been super successful from Toronto's perspective and you were there actually in Washington I believe when um the Juan Soto stuff went down like the trade and all that type of stuff looking back on it now, I know it's still a couple, still early, obviously two, three months into it, but who would you say like won that trade? Because CJ Abrams could be a legit shortstop. Luke Voigt, obviously. I mean, he's what he is. He He's a long ball guy. Mackenzie Gore. I mean, and some of those prospects are freaks. So who would you say right now won that trade? You know, if you, it's hard. I mean, Soto obviously hasn't been that good since he's been there, but I think he's still leading the league in, in OBP and all this, like, you know, it's Juan Soto. Uh, Sorry, I've got a cat up here, but no um, they, yeah, I don't know. I think the Nats are, are happy. Like, I think they are as happy as they could possibly be. Whether we'll say they've won it in a few years, I don't know, but they've got, they've got a lot of talent. Abrams has looked great. They found Joey Manessas, who's like become a beast yeah, at 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how long that lasts, but like every time I think it's going to stop, it doesn't. So I think for the Nats, they're happy because they kind of cleared the slate. There's not going to be a lot of money on the books. They can do whatever they want. And like some of the pieces that they got have looked as good as advertised. Like Abrams is, is he's got a cannon. Like that guy is good. So if Gore stays healthy, I think, I think the Nats will be as happy as the Padres, if not happier, uh, especially if the Padres can't really do much this year with Soto. And can you explain this to me? Like I'm five. Cause I always hear this in the contract talk. Why Harper didn't sign there. What is deferred money? What does that even yeah. mean? And why do players hate deferred money? Why do they hate that? Yeah, it's just like in the Scherzer deal, you know, he I think his contract with the Nats was like 215, 215 million over seven years, but he is still getting paid, you know, in any given year, like his con- his hit to the salary cap was going to be like 15 million. Uh, in, or actually, that's not true. The, they count the average annual value against like the competitive balance yeah. tax or so toss that out. But it's basically like we'll pay you half of that 30 million a year now and we'll pay you half of it later. So we don't have to foot all that bill. So he's getting like 15 million a year from the Nats until I think next year and two years from now. Holy so that's the shit. deferral. It's like, we'll pay, we'll pay you later. Um, and 
they hate it because like because of inflation and just the way everything works like you want money now instead of money later so you can go invest it and it gains you know it has time to gain whatever i'm not great at all this but like you can build it a little bit during those years that you wait for the extra 15 million and max scherzer can obviously kind of wait wait it out uh he, he's fine waiting for his 15 million a year but i think by and large guys want the money now because money is generally speaking worth more now than it is in the future and if you can invest it now you get three extra years or whatever it is of of interest or whatever uh that you wouldn't get otherwise so it's everyone kind of hates that the thing is like they didn't even do it with soda they were like we're gonna pay you all this money in real time and it still wasn't enough, which for them was like the biggest thing they could ever do. Like the Lerner family who owns the Nats for them to say, we'll pay you 400 million and we'll pay you in real time is, it, 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 I mean, it's like they basically just, you know, spent their fortune because they, they hate doing that. Have you met the owners of the Nationals? Like, how, have you like been in the same room as them and seen them? Because I just, I'm so fascinated by like billionaires. Like, I just wonder like how they react, how they act. Have you gone a chance to see the owners of the Nationals in person or like maybe have a conversation with them? I have. Yeah, they're super, they're super pleasant. You know, I think from talking to people who like work with them, they're just, you don't make that much money by not trying to win every deal you make. And I think the Lerner family is a perfect example of that. Like they are not going to pay a penny more than they feel like they have to for something. And that's probably why they made so much money in real estate in the first place. That's, you know, you kind of have to be a little cutthroat to get there. And I think that they, They've tried at times to be sentimental and say, oh, we'll do the right thing or whatever, but they never really, they'll never overpay. And so, you know, they're very pleasant people. I think they care about people, but, you know, it, to a point and for them to, they offered Soto so much money by their standards, 400 million or whatever it was like, uh, it's, I think they felt like that is the absolute best we're going to do. And if you don't want this, like, go, go find somewhere where you can get it. I don't even know what he's going to get. He's going to get so much money. It's just going to be absurd. I like. Do you think Soto could be the first $500 million player? I think so. I hope he, I hope he kind of comes back to life a little bit. Like he hasn't been terrible, but uh, you know, him getting traded obviously was kind of jarring for him. And it, I think it's been reflected in the numbers, but like, if he looks like Juan Soto, he'll be free agent at like 25. And I mean, have all the, every stat in the world it's like him and ted williams or him and Pujols or like you know the, the numbers are absurd for people his age so i you know he i think scott boris wants him to be and i think that's probably what boris told him like hey you wait you're you're gonna be the first to do this but uh we'll see it's it's hard and you know i think he at times this summer was worried and, and thought about taking the money because it's like what if i get yeah. hurt you know what if i don't hit and so it'll be interesting to kind of see how he handles the next few years how he likes San Diego, but if he hits free agency and can get the New York teams involved, then he's got a real shot to, to hit 500. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. If he goes to the mats, the baseball world will explode. Yes. Stevie yes. Cohen just doesn't care about money like at all. So that's like a really high possibility. I just, I just thought baseball is awesome because like in other sports, you have like salary caps and all that type of stuff where you can't overspend and stuff. But baseball, it's just obviously the luxury tax, which I, again, I don't understand how that works either, but it's just crazy how like the Mets could just buy every single player yeah. on the planet. The Dodgers could buy every single player on the planet. It's crazy. So another guy that I want to talk about, is a guy that walked off the Yankees on Monday, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's my king. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. He said he wants to play here forever. I don't like he is gonna be getting so much. Like, how much money do you think Vladdy's gonna get? Because he's a young guy too, that's like free agent in like three years, I think it is. So it's like coming up. It's scary, to be honest, as a Jays fan. Yeah, all those guys, right? Like, I mean, he could he could get 400, 500 if the numbers are still there. Like, this is like a down year for him, quote unquote. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, he's so he's been so good. But I mean, they're gonna have him, Bichette, like everybody kind of pop up at the same time. So, like, who do you pay? You know, I think you pay Guerrero, but it's they're not gonna be able to pay him all probably. So, you know, that's that's gonna be interesting to watch. And they, you know, I don't know if their window's closing because those guys are so young and they can spend and whatever. But like they have a really good opportunity the next few years to, to not have to pay those guys a lot and to get a lot out of them. And that, that goes for Manoa, that goes for everybody. So, I mean, Vladdy will get paid for sure. Uh, it's just, I wonder if it'll be the Blue Jays doing it or if they're going to have to choose between him or Bichette or, or if they'll it's, just pay him it, It's him over Bichette. Bichette is the worst fielder I've ever yes. seen in my life. He has 21 errors at shortstop and he made it two. He has two this week alone. He has two errors this week alone. It's crazy. Like he's a second baseman, but going into that Vladdy talk, it is cr- like th- people say he's having a down year. And we always have the Jays fans in our comment section and stuff like that saying like trade Vladdy, Vladdy's overrated. The dude's hitting 270 with like 30 nukes. Right. Like right. I just don't understand how that could be like overrated or that could be like this is a down year for him. Because if 30 nukes with 20, I don't know, I think he's at 30, like 27 or whatever nukes out of 270 average is a, is a down year. Like what's a good year? Like right. 57 nukes? Right. Crazy. Yeah, it's like Soto. It's like Soto. Like, he's struggling in San Diego, and he's leading the league in, like, a million categories. It's the same thing. They, they've set the bar so high that they can't, you know, anything's going to be a down year from now on. But but those guys will be around for a while. And, yeah, you, you can't trade. No. <laughs> you can't you do that. You can't keep... trade. <laughs> yeah. But there's – listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, uh, but there's some crazy stuff going on in baseball. I mean, you have the Pujols home runs. You have the Aaron Judge home run race and all that type of stuff. I'm a little bit off with all these, like, changing of the baseball stuff for them. I think it's just kind of absurd. Like, Kevin Gossman said, why should they get different baseballs? All that type of stuff, which I kind of agree with. It's crazy to me. Do you think, like, potentially, like, 25 years down the road we'll have, like, a Maguire Sosa situation where we just kind of swept it under the rug and it was just for entertainment purposes and stuff like that. I think it's impossible to happen again, but I think there's definitely a chance of it with all these milestones being hit this year. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to ask for sure. Like, I don't think major league baseball has earned the benefit of the doubt, whether it's with the baseballs, whether it's with steroid use. And like, to be clear, I don't think either of those two guys who holds or judges no. is on anything. I mean, they're getting tested for all the stuff that you look for. Um, 
So, I mean, that's kind of all you can do, but I think like, it's fair to ask. I don't think any of that's going on. And, and one of the things I tell people about the baseballs is if you kind of read about that stuff, and I mean this, like MLB, and I think they would tell you this, they're not that smart. Like they're not that diabolical. Like they've made some mistakes over the years where you're like, did you even ask like a physicist about this? Did you even talk to somebody about what this might look like? And And so like the idea of them kind of I don't know, manipulating the baseballs, maybe for two guys makes sense, but like to manipulate outcomes, to it's just like kind of above their ability to be diabolical, um, I think. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's definitely fair to ask, but I think, you know, the baseball thing is interesting. Uh, you would think with all the attention that the balls have gotten the last few years that that wouldn't be, you know, like something they felt like they could do right under everyone's noses, but like we don't get handed baseballs to play with. I mean, you know, it, it's a fair question, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll hear something 25 years later. You know, it's pretty crazy how much better Aaron judges than everyone else. Like that's pretty wild. Like yeah. there's all these little outliers that if you watch baseball closely for the last few decades, you're like, maybe something's going on there. Maybe it's not, but like, we've seen it before. <laughs> it is. It's absurd. Like, and another guy that's been absurd in baseball is O'Neill Cruz. I mean, I can't yeah. get a read on this dude. He, it strikes out at an alarming rate at an alarming rate and has a high whiff percentage. But this dude, Max Exavilo, is hard hit percentage, average Exavilo. It's just crazy to see. Do people like you, like, look, like, baseball writers, like, look at this guy and just ha- can't get a read on him just like the fans? Because he's in the bottom 1% in all of baseball and K percentage. So he is at a scary, scary rate of strikeouts. Yeah, he's, like, fascinating. I mean, that there's, like, a world in which that Pirates infield – for the next few years is like really really good but like something about it doesn't feel believable and I think that's part of it right it's like is he gonna always strike out like this is this gonna get better is he gonna because if that dude makes contact regularly like that's a lot of hard contact but is it is he gonna is he gonna be able to adjust and yeah it's he's fascinating you know I think we've I think we'll hear a lot about him like in spring training when we get past the playoffs and everyone's like wait this dude is huge and he hits the ball so hard and he misses it all the time. You know, he's kind of a fascinating creature, but that whole infield is interesting. Like that, you know, Brian Hayes is good. I mean, they're getting a little bit better over there. And if he could be the centerpiece, I mean, that's a really fun player to get to watch for a long time there. If he can maybe put the bat on the ball a little more. Yeah. And it just, this is like the best time of the year because I'm a big college football guy, NFL guy, I love baseball, obviously. So it's just the greatest time of the year, but I, I got to talk about the race between the Mets and Braves. One of yeah. the most absurd things. I mean, there's a – what's that Mets writer or uh, news anchor or whatever, anchor that keeps, like, saying the Braves are dead and then they, he just mushes the Braves. I forgot his name. <laughs> Sal Cap- – I don't know what his name is. But who do you think is going to end up at the top of the NL East? Because it looks like the Mets who have, by the way, besides the Mariners, the easiest schedule in baseball for the remainder of the year besides this Braves series coming up. It's it's crazy. I think the Braves are going to I think the Braves might have a pretty good chance to actually like win the NL East. How crazy that sounds. For sure. They're they're loaded. I mean, the Braves are really really good. Like I don't I don't know if it's a fluke that the Mets were leading all year. I think we looked at the money and some of the big names and we're like, of course the Mets are you know, going to be really good. But when you look at the Braves, I mean, that that te- they sign everybody long term. Nobody's going anywhere for decades like and they are they won the World Series like they and they won the World Series last year after having a horrible first half and having to turn it on, which is exactly kind of what they're doing. So, yeah, I think I think the Braves have a really good shot there. But I do think if you get the Mets 
in a wild card if they can get past that. Like that's that's one of those teams that could could turn the vibes on, you know. Like there's good vibes around that team if if things are going well. So like I'd get out of their way if they kind of catch fire and start to believe it. But yeah, that's it's uh the Braves are really good. They're so good. They're just deep and uh you know they know what they're doing in October for sure. Yeah, and that's that's the GM that was the one that got away in Toronto, Alex Anthopoulos. Yep. Didn't, Jays didn't want to pay him because they were cheap at the time. And next thing you know, he's just absolutely just signing these crazy bridge deals out of nowhere. Right. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it sucks. Like I, I, I love Alex Anthopoulos. I would die for him. It's just like, it, it's crazy that he's gone, but um, who would you say right now is like the best GM in baseball or the GM that makes moves that are just like, wow, I can't believe this guy. Like it just, just he's playing chess when other people are playing checkers. I mean, Anthopolis is definitely up there. You know, I think he's done a really good job of not only like picking players, but keeping them, you know, making little deals here and there. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much credit the Astros get, you know, give James click. I think this the infrastructure was kind of built before him, but I mean, that's a really good team that's been good for a really, really long time. You know, I, I mean, the Dodgers do a great job. They've got depth in their system, but they also have endless resources. So what if you gave everyone else that, you know, are they just as good? I think Cleveland is sneaky, well-run. Um, I don't know that I'd point to Antonetti or anyone like that and be like, that guy's a genius, but like they develop players and they are better than they should be. And the Rays, I mean, the Rays, you can't, you can't say much about them until they are irrelevant and they're never irrelevant. So, you know, I think those teams are good, but, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, Anthopolis is up there and people, you know, more and more as, you know, the Braves kind of build this run, you just hear people talk about him and praise him. And, you know, I think he's the one that got away from the Dodgers in some ways too. Like he's, he knows what he's doing. He has a way of getting the most out of deals and convincing guys to sign there. And frankly, like not relying on Scott Boris clients, which helps you pay a lot of guys that you wouldn't be able to pay otherwise. So whatever he's doing, it's working for sure. Yeah. I, the the guardians are scary, but I was actually starting a movement with blue Jays Twitter to tank for third place. So they face the guardians in the first round instead of the rays and the Mariners. But um, I just also, <laughs> why does the third place wildcard team have the easiest path to the playoffs? How does that even make any sense? Cause if you look at it, yeah. the third place wildcard team faces the worst division winner. And then yeah. they face the second place division winner, not the first. Yeah. So if you come first or second in the wildcard, you have to win that. And then you have to beat the top AL team, which doesn't make right. any sense how you get award rewarded for that if you come in third place. So how does that make sense? Right. Right. Like for the foreseeable future, the third wildcard team will play the central in both leagues, you know, and you doesn't can beat matter. the central. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I'll be interested to see like if people get pissed at the format this year, because I think the, the seating, you know, people might decide isn't fair in that way. And then also like what happens to the teams that have the layoff? Like the buy sounds great, but you know, if the say the Jays come out of the wild card series with some epic, you know, three game walk off win, like the energy is going to be there, and you run into whoever has been sitting around all for a couple of days. Like, yeah, I don't know. You could, you could that changes things in baseball. It's not, it's it matters. So I'll be interested to see that. I, I think that that could bite some of these really good teams that were like the Yankees. You know, some of these guys, if they have to sit around a bit and they get in their head, like that's going to matter. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I'm excited to see how the playoffs go, especially like. Because the wild card teams usually like it's all rides on momentum, especially in the playoffs. Like if you come after winning a wild card series and you're facing a team that hasn't played meaningful baseball, like the Dodgers and God knows how long, or the Astros and God knows how long, 
you could I mean those teams could fall down really easily. It just depends on, I guess, it depends on like momentum and stuff like that. And it depends how good a team is if they can actually just perform no matter what, like what the other team has momentum or not. So I'm excited to see it. And do you have a vote, by the way, for the awards this year? I don't. We do not vote, which I personally am happy about, but I do love watching everyone else fight about it. So it's who great. votes? Who votes for like the rookie of the year and stuff? So writers do like the Washington Post, I think the New York Times, uh, a couple others have just like never let their people vote for whatever reason. Uh, I think they just like kind of feel like, you know, I don't know, like deciding people's awards in the South, like money they get from them and stuff. You know, like there are some places that have kind of deemed it a conflict of interest, but uh, most everyone else does. So, so who would you I, vote I, for rookie of the year? Would you vote our guy, front of the podcast, Spencer Strider? Like, would he be your rookie <laughs> of the year vote or Michael Harris? I mean, I like Strider. I, for me, the easy one is Julio. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw you had Strider on. That's like again. I mean, that's a big name now. Like, yeah, that's my guy. Are, no, we've had. Yeah. Listen, we we had the Rookie of the Year last year on Jonathan India. We had we've like yep. we've had. We're, we're trying to go back to back with NL Rookie of the Year. So next year, I'm gonna have to work my ass off to find another way to get the next Rookie of the Year. Maybe do some <laughs> uh, scouting with the the prospects in the NL. But yeah, I think Spencer Strider is going to win it. But Michael Harris has had a crazy September, yeah. so it is. It's it just yeah. goes to show you the Braves have two guys fighting for yeah. rookie of the year on the same team. It just doesn't make any sense. Right on the defending World Series champions. Yeah, yeah it's wild. It's not fair. It's yeah. The the, the Braves are scary, man. They're the Mets. I mean, the thing is, what I love. I don't know if you like pay attention that much to like Twitter and like the just the Mets fan meltdowns and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Frank the Tank is all time with that, by the way. I don't know if you know who Frank the Tank is, but he's just the greatest Twitter reaction of all time. But seeing these Mets reaction, like the Mets fans reaction, like they are folding. Like they they yes. are. Yes. Is that they, didn't they have a 10 and a half game lead at one point? Is that what it was? It was. Yeah, it, I think it was 10 and a half was the peak. Yeah. That's nightmare fuel. If the Jays did that, there would be holes in my drywall. I'd be so <laughs> mad if the Jays blew a 10 and a half game lead. I don't think I'd be able to like react to it properly, at least. But it is wild. I mean. There, it's just crazy because you look back at last year, Jays missed the playoffs by one game. It's like every single game matters, and the Braves and the Mets are par, are par for par, like exact same after yeah. that, at this point of the season with like eight games to go. So it is going to be wild. So where are you going to be? Are you going to be – Are you? do you just stay in Washington or are you going to be traveling out to like the series, like the Braves series and stuff like that? I'm not sure. I might go try to see Judge hit 62 if he does that. Um, I think next week – probably be around the Mets a little bit just because they're up in New York. I don't know what like the weather's gonna mess with that that Braves Mets series because of the hurricanes so, like I'm gonna I'm gonna stay put until I know but oh, I'm gonna be obsessively watching especially Braves Mets. I mean both of those Twitters they're they're like completely unstable at all they're times. All time. So it's they're just it's so perfect. Yeah I, I I was caught in the crossfires of it because when spent when Strider <laughs> came on he retweeted the podcast and like a ton of Mets fans were after that comment about like the luckiest hits I had like 30 uh, tweets at me, like, shut up, or like, you're an idiot, or you're still crying, all this stuff. And I was like, I didn't even do it. So I just, I was getting, I caught a lot of strays from them. So you just hate to see it. Uh, but it is wild. Like, I think, I think the Braves are going to win the division, but I think somehow, some way, like, they'll both end up. Uh, could they both, yeah, they, they could both end up in the uh, NLCS. I think a Braves Mets NLCS would be the most all time thing. Uh, wait, oh. no, they can't, right? Wait. So first and second. So no, they wouldn't. The Met. So the Braves and Mets would face in the NLDS. Right. That's even crazier. I yeah, like that's bonkers. Short yeah, series. I, like... I, 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 yeah, that's what we're fighting for. I want a Braves Mets NLDS bad. That would be all time. 
That would be Absolutely. all time. Holy shit. Oh, it'd yeah. be so good. Every game. Yeah. So let's get so we're gonna end it off with your World Series prediction. Who like let, let's get you, let's get it on paper here for you. Who's gonna be in the World Series NLAL? Who's gonna win it? I think it's well, I'll say Astros Cardinals. Uh I'm pretty, pretty sure about the Astros. I don't know who is better than they are, but hopefully they get knocked off because I think we're all kind of ready to see somebody new. And I yeah, the Cardinals is kind of a soft pick. I think there's a chance the Dodgers just run and just have no trouble and we've all just kind of not paid attention to them because they're so good but I don't know I like I like the Cardinals I like the vibes there's like a lot of talent there I think their manager that you know they have a manager who's like 36 and he's I think he'll you know make gutsy calls in big moments so yeah I'm 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 in there and I I don't know I don't know if they can beat the Astros I think the Astros are good and I wouldn't mind seeing Dusty get one but uh, I don't know I'll, I'll say Astros because it's this it's easy uh but it'll be interesting that was an all-time move by the Astros, like a team that was well-hated to hire, yeah. like the most loved manager yeah. of all time with Dusty yes. Baker. Uh, it's chess while playing checkers. That management, you want to talk about like the big moves they made, all that type of yeah. stuff. No, no, no. The best move they made was hiring Dusty Baker 100%. to kind of be the shield for everyone hating them. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. I mean, I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be Astro. I think the Astros win uh, over. I'm going to say Astros. I'm going to say Astros Braves again. I'm going to say a rematch of the last year world series and the Astros win. I think it's going to be crazy. This, these playoffs, I mean, that extra wild card team definitely adds to like how crazy it's going to be. So yeah. I'm excited for, hopefully I get to see you in Toronto for the wild yeah, card yeah. and hopefully judge doesn't hit 61 and 62. Uh, that would be all time too. I heard he's a great guy though. So I heard judge is actually a really good guy, but I just, I don't want to hear Yankee fans complain. And by the way, it's like, just like who cares about an American league record? Like I, I listen, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to spin zone it, but it's an American league record. Like talk to me when he hit 74, like it, like Barry Bonds. That that's it's when fair. I'll actually care. That's fair. Very fair. I think. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate you hopping on this. And uh, like I said, let's get a Toronto blue Jays ALCS. Obviously I'm thinking the Astros will dog walk them, but oh no, I didn't play the Astros in the ALDS actually. So I'll my actually, yeah, I'll, it'll be early exit for us, but I appreciate you hopping <laughs> on this Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.